There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Chris Evans here. Thank you for downloading the last of the year edition of the best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, the multi-talented mastermind David Williams tells the not-so-classic story of his new Sky One show, Jack and the Beanstalk, After Ever After. Superstar actress Gemma Arterton gives us the Christmas creeps with news of the haunting miniseries Black Narcissus. The lightest of all entertainers, Stephen Mulhern, gets us giggling with news of the catchphrase Christmas special on Christmas Eve and in for a Christmas penny on Boxing Day. I love Stephen. I love the bones of the man. I love his shows. I love his very being and the hilarious. Heavy sleeper James Acaster gets us hooked into his global live stream show, Cole Lasagna, Hate Myself, 1999. We know he's a heavy sleeper because he missed our show on Wednesday and he just about managed to join us on Thursday but we still love him in fact we love him all the more for it to be honest quite rock and roll all of that and loads more festive goodies still to come now Dapper Dave tell us who's our first guest one of those Ponzi intros you do (laughs) (laughs) he's the king of comedy lord of literature and now commander in chief of Christmas he's leading the line in Sky One's Christmas special Jack and the Beanstalk after ever after and here to tell us more is a jack and master of all trades it's the drop dead gorgeous David Williams all right David wow what an introduction you all right David yes I'm good thank you (laughs) oh listen thanks for coming in oh it's a pleasure we're socially distanced you are here in the flesh yes I I always look forward to seeing you because we always have fun yeah we always do it around Christmas don't we We Mm. we we have other meetings as well but we do this is turning into an annual event not Christmas I mean that's well established uh, but you and I <laughs> getting together but you said you'd make the effort to come in because you thought you you think it's different you've done a few things online on and via Zoom and it's just different to it's be a here. bit dead I think when you just talk to someone on a Zoom yeah. and so I thought I'd come in yep. and spread some Christmas cheer oh, ho, ho. <laughs> by the way and David's got so much to talk about so so many things going on and we could just talk to David about David and have fun for the next couple of hours but uh, so much to talk about we'll get on to all that in a second or two but the, the most important thing first how's your mum my mum is good i've been talking to her every day yep. and she's worked out how to use facetime just before the first lockdown so the good thing is we can now see each other which makes things a lot nicer but the hard thing is obviously <laughs> we're phoning each other every day yep. and neither of us have Anything to report no! whatsoever. How's your day been? <laughs> I'll say, well, I've been at home writing. I haven't yeah. really gone out. I haven't seen anybody. I say, well, how are you? Fine. I've just been in, had some tomato soup, <laughs> had a sandwich, <laughs> and uh, watched the one show at that side of it. So, but we talk to each other day, uh, every day and we see each other every day. And of course, when my son's with me, that's great because yeah. then he can talk to Granny. And so just check in. I think it's important, isn't it? It's important. It's really I, important. I mean, you know, it's difficult for everybody, but if you're elder, and you live on your own, then I think it's probably most difficult. Yeah, so. and thank heaven for the one show. Oh, my goodness, 
I know. Well, it's a, it's a focus for your day, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's seven o'clock, and there's Alex and whoever she's with that particular night. Ronan and... Keating tonight. Oh, there you I'm go. Actually, I'm actually on it tonight. Are you? Mm. Are you going? Li- are you going to be be there live? I'm or? going live, Chris. Uh, you can't um... stop him. He has <laughs> he has content to sell, and he's he's coming to get you, everyone. Uh, let's talk a bit about that now, shall we? Because there's so much to get through here, but it's all it's all great stuff. Jack and the Beanstalk, Sky One, December twenty third, eight o'clock. Um, now this is part of the Ev. Uh, after Ever After series. Are you responsible for After Ever After? Yes. Tell, tell me more about that. Well, it's the idea of creating sequels to fairy stories. So last year we did Cinderella. Yeah. And this year we're doing Jack and the Beanstalk. So it's what happens at the end of the story. Because you always say, and then Jack lived happily ever after. Or did he? Yeah. Da, what happened? Da, da. What if the giant wasn't actually dead? What if the giant had fallen to the ground and lost his memory yep. and doesn't know that Jack chop down the beanstalk so that's where we're coming from Sheridan Smith stars in it as a giant hunter and also Blake Harrison from the Inbetweeners is in it as well and I'm in it playing the giant you are and you've, you've I think you've sort of you've you've channeled your best Jay Rayner as the giant <laughs> <laughs> I watched it last night. I, thought, I do actually look exactly <laughs> I know, like him. I know. I, I look exactly I, I, like I, him. I've always thought he should <laughs> cut his hair. I said to Tasha, like, it's Jay Rayner. She went, oh my God, you're right. It's true. But it was, why doesn't he cut his hair? It was Jay Rayner, or if you squint, Lawrence Le- Llewellyn Bowen Lawrence, on a windy day. Lawrence Llewellyn <laughs> Bowen. Um, if he's been in during lockdown and just eaten chocolate for six months. Yeah. <laughs> that's but what it looked like. But it is absolutely fantastic. you know. And what a great idea, After Ever After. It seems so obvious now that you've come up with it, doesn't it? Well, I, th- I think it's a good way of kind of revisiting the stories, yeah. finding something new. And of course, fairy stories all have lots of assumptions, don't they? Like in, in Jack and the Beanstalk, you assume giants are just bad because they're giants. Well, what if this is actually a nice giant and what if jack and the giant can actually become friends and help each other so hopefully there's a positive message in there and also i'm sure you know uh, as a father isn't it great to have something that you can watch with your kids at yeah, christmas well, time we watched it last night because we got the preview copy and it wasn't quite finished and which is always exciting because we've had a few of these recently where we get the advanced preview copies from the people you know who are at the at the sort of epicenter of, of post-production and there were bits missing last night and uh, so you so you have these subtitles and no said what's that I said oh that'll be put in later in is it ADR yes that now, additional dialogue recording now I thought for years that was audio dub replacement but it's not is it it's additional dialogue recording I That's, think it is no yeah. no you're right you're yes, you're 100% okay. right. right I gotta say I've gotta say Sheridan right she is everybody's amazing in this but, but she, she well oh. she she is, I, she is the best actor in the country and yep. I would add that mm. she's the most beloved she's the most beloved I would beloved. say David Jason yeah. for about 50 years has been the most beloved actor but obviously he's not doing so much anymore and I think Sheridan Smith is, is the most loved actor in the country and also she is a demon right when it comes to a catapult and a glass eye yeah so she uh, are we she giving hun- too much away there no now? she hunts giants by she has she has an eye patch which she takes off yep. and underneath she has a glass eye and she fires her glass eye at giants to kill them so I wanted to have something like you know like uh, great Bond henchmen have yeah. always yeah, funny things it. like Jaws love with it, his teeth it, or Odd Job with his uh, his hat that you know that, that can kill people I thought let's try and come up with something like that and she's brilliant in it and she's we've worked together lots of times over the years and we really love each other and so it was a joy to work with her Vastus do I ask the question or not shall I ask you the question or not the one that could be the, the, the follow up to that to you what well uh, no I'm not going to ask it if you don't know what it is I'm not going to ask it what would my 
No, 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 because, you know, if, if you know the glass eye thing. Shall, oh. I, shall I ask that or not? Oh, yeah, especially to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, how, how might people with a glass eye feel about that particular character? Vassos. I don't, well, I don't have a glass eye. Oh, sorry, I thought you did. I do have a blind eye. I might have been working it. together about 10 years. <laughs> well, I'm sure you told me once over a couple of drinks you had a glass eye. Well, that might have been, I might be joking, but I don't have a glass eye. Is but your glass I, eye I half might full replace half my empty? blind eye right. with a glass eye right. and get one of those catapulty eye See, patch thingies. Go. There you go. And go and hunt giants. That's my, go. okay, that's my New Year's resolution. Well, that's I'd... 2021 sorted giants. I'm coming to get you. Do you know how many you have to be? Can I say this? Can I give it away or not? The first one you have to kill is Richard Osman, who's number one in the book charts. Yeah. But Sheridan's character, by the way, Sheridan's character has a lot of Game of Thrones about her as well, doesn't she? Yeah. There's a lot of that. It's great. By the way, Dave, it's great. This You're is very great. Kind. We Thank watched you. it last night. It is fantastic. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. From top secret missions in Bond to a religious mission in her new series, Black Narcissus starts 27th of December on BBC One and here to tell us all about it. She's stunning, she's nunning, and she'll soon be off and running in this interview. It's Gemma Arterton! She's stunning and she's nunning, and she'll soon be off and running. Morning, Gemma! Good morning. I love that. I haven't heard that one yet. Stunning, nunning, well, nunning. He's the best. I've heard nuns on the run. He is the best. He is the best. <laughs> By the way, your old friend David's here. Hey, I heard. Hi, David. Good morning, Gemma. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I can't wait yeah. for Black Narcissus. I know. It just looks stunning. It's one of my favourite movies, so I'm really excited about this new interpretation of it. Well, thank you. Yeah, I hope it. Um, I hope you like it. So it's a. It's quite dark. It's quite. Um, well, it's a. It's a thriller, really, a psychological thriller. So hopefully, it'll be make a little bit of a change from the Christmas festivities. Yeah, <laughs> I like everything you're in, Gemma. So you're, do I. You're oh, wonderful. So do I. You're, so you're, no, you're amazing. You're amazing. Such a talented actor. You bring a presence of stillness oh. to every scene, which anchors the, any, any scene you're in, and it makes us all feel like you know secure to, to watch it and to to figure out what's going on and to become hypnotised and engaged by it. What about? It's not. It's not a castle in the air. Your new nunnery, but it might as well be, mightn't it? Yeah. So the. The, the nun, it's set in the 30s and it's about a group of Anglican nuns that go to set up a convent in an old disused palace in the Himalayan mountains, which is in the middle of nowhere. And this palace used to be really like a, like a brothel, but they don't know that when they go there. So it has this kind of, I don't know, there's a lot of backstory to this palace. And when they get to the palace the place itself and where it's set and the beauty of the nature around it starts to make all the different... The nuns go on their own separate sort of crises. Um, but, yeah, we did actually go to Nepal where it's set to shoot um, a palace, which was amazing. Yeah, and there's lots of dodgy staircases without handrails and uh, 15,000 feet drops either side. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, no. It's quite... It's quite an iconic moment from the book and from the film, Um, this sort of look from the bell tower where they ring the bell every day, which is on a precipice. It's sort of this ominous presence throughout the whole, whole story, this kind of, this massive drop that they could you know, stumble over and die. So, um, yeah, we, we built that, though. We didn't have to really do that, which was I was very grateful for because I don't really like heights. Well, it's very—it's all very convincing. These, I know it's been going on forever. This movie business, but it's still—I'm still aghast at how how uh, sort of enchanting and realistic they can make things. Now, your character, she's a, sort of a gentle authoritarian. Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, she's a um, 
So she's the sister superior. Yeah. She's the youngest sister superior in the order. She's in charge of everyone. But she's, I guess she's a control freak, really. So she, she joined the order in order to kind of get her life in order and, um, and repress a lot of her kind of wild tendencies. So the true sister Clodagh is this sort of very gentle, fun-loving, carefree person. And yet when we meet her, she's very, very disciplined and strict and stiff and still, as you mentioned. And as the sort of the series goes on, you start to see her sort of softening and unravelling. Yeah, well, the way the uh, the first episode ends, a bit of a shocker. Uh, we, won't, we won't obviously... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I suppose that's... I mean, David's talking about cliffhangers before. Yours is a mountain cliffhanger. Yours is almost a mountain peak hanger because you're actually up a mountain. <laughs> Uh, when yes. when we both know what happens happens. D- have you seen it, Bassos? Have you seen this? I saw I saw the first couple of scenes, right. and it's just. Well, I wait, mean, t- well, wait till you get to the last couple of scenes. <laughs> let me tell you, it's <laughs> just so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, the, the 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 Himalayans. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Yeah, well, have you seen it? Right? I've seen the first episode, yeah. and it brilliantly weaves in all of this intrigue and suspense about yeah. the backstory and Sister Cloda and you know what was going on. She keeps having these flashbacks, and then Sister Ruth, who's you know something's going on with her, but is that to do with <laughs> With the altitude or... <laughs> or the attitude. Or the attitude. Or the attitude and the that. altitude. Yeah. And how does the altitude affect the attitude? <laughs> Quite significantly, it would seem. You loved it, didn't you? I really, really enjoyed she it. She came in this morning, Gemma, said, oh my goodness me, Gemma's new thing is amazing. Oh, that's so good. Thank you. I'm going to say, um, as yeah. the camaraderie of Call the Midwife and the eeriness of Handmaid's Tale, that's what I'm going to say. Thank you. I think that's quite a good um, comparison there. Thank you very yeah, much. I'm happy with that. You're very, very welcome. And how was it? How was being a nun for you? How was dealing with desire, religion, and sexual repression? Oh, I, you know what? I absolutely loved playing Sister Cloda um, because, yeah, I guess you know it's very different now in the religious orders. You know, m- nuns and monks. There were big re- reforms in the '60s because it was incredibly strict prior to the to that in terms of what they had to let go of what they were and weren't allowed to do they weren't allowed to touch they weren't allowed to look at each other they had to deprive themselves of a lot of things when you when you join the order you are not allowed to see any of your friends and family sort of ever again and um so there was a lot of aside from the kind of repression sexual repression there's all this other stuff that they just have to let go of but i loved it i mean you know it's always interesting as an actor when you get to have all of this interior world bubbling away, but you're not really allowed to show it on, you know, from the outside. So that's always fun to play. You have to have a really good director that knows to catch all of your reactions. And I think this this particular show, it's all about what's not said and what's caught and people's back to turns reactions and things like that. So I loved it because it was very subtle. It's not a um, showy kind of piece, but um, in terms of the performance, my performance, there are sort of more uh, theatrical performances in it but for me I liked it because I got to be That's very great. internal and, and subtle Gemma <laughs> uh, wonderful to talk to you how's your year been in a nutshell it's been you know been alright thankfully not disastrous but you know very very muted I'd say a muted year yeah. right. a reflective year <laughs> Well, you're right. I mean, that, my wife and I were talking about that yesterday. You know, it's a year none of us would have wished for, but we've all learned so much from. Exactly, exactly. You know? And I've learned how to paint, which was, you know, something I've always wanted to now, do. Now, hang so. on. Are we talking skirting boards or canvases? <laughs>
<laughs> canvas, it's both. I can do both, but um, yeah, canvases. <laughs> All right, Gemma. Well, you're awesome. Yeah. Um, you're absolutely awesome. Oh. And this this thing you're in is is a, is a thing to behold. Black Narcissus, BBC One, Sunday the 27th of December, 9 p.m. Three consecutive hours over three nights. Well done, Gemma. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, Christmas you're Gemma. Awesome. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He had the displeasure of a terrible year, but for our pleasure, turned it into a brilliant stand-up show. And here to tell us more is a man famed for his quick wit and monstrous lions. It's the always superb <laughs> James A. Caster. All right, James. All right, James. Yeah. yeah. Hi, guys. How are you, I mate? I didn't, I didn't sleep in. I came to the studio. Oh, I was banging you? on the door and well, no one let me in. Funny that. <laughs> Funny that it's not on any of our CCTV footage. We've, we've looked at all of it. We've had people from uh, from CSI um, London Bridge on it all all night. Well, I've, I've let myself go during lockdown. You wouldn't <laughs> recognise me on the CCTV. I look completely different. James, I love you. I really do. Uh, I hope that doesn't embarrass you, but I love you. I love this stand-up uh, you've got live streaming tomorrow on its sort of yearish anniversary. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's Thanks, brilliant. Man. My wife and I, we watched it. We were agog. We laughed. Thank you so much. We we laughed. You know, not necessarily. You know, where punchlines. Not that there are any punchlines, but we just laughed at because it's just you and your world and your honesty. Because I talked about it yesterday a lot because you didn't appear on the show. But anyway, um, <laughs> talked about you for half an hour anyhow because I love you so much. But I said I said maybe you know when we refer to geniuses, maybe it's just an, another word for a truth truth teller because most geniuses, you know, just tell the truth. And I think you are a genius and you do nothing but in this, this, this stand-up that's on tomorrow night at eight o'clock, you do nothing but tell the truth. Um, you know, uh, nothing but the truth. I'm not sure, you, I don't know if you tell all the truth, but for example, you really did call the Samaritans in between a two-day filming schedule of the Great British Bake Off, didn't you? I did, yeah, I did. And uh, it was one of those things that I kind of, I kind of forgot about because I was, I was telling people the Great British Bake Off story on stage for a while um, and just all the funny stuff that happened while I was in there. And then I did a gig where the audience weren't really going for it for the first time. It, 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 was, a, it was a solid routine that was always working. And suddenly they weren't laughing at the routine anymore. So I just carried on telling it. I just carried on telling the story and then got to the hotel and remembered that in the hotel, um, I, you know, I got to the point where I actually did ring the Samaritans because uh, of a bunch of other stuff that happened. But the listener, if they want to find out more, I can watch the show, but yeah, um, it it was quite a uh, it's quite a liberating experience just talking about that on stage and it not being a little uh, private personal thing. Yeah, and it, it's very serious, but it is very funny because things that are serious can be funny and can be helped. You know, if mm. if you do shine the light of levity upon them. So you also talk about this. James talks about the fact he used to go out with this girl a few years ago, and um, wouldn't it be funny if your girlfriend left you for Mister Bean? Uh, and then he says, and mine did. And he said, but that wouldn't be funny, you know, unless it was true. But it is true because she did leave me to go out with Rowan Atkinson, who plays Mr. Bean. Um, and then that's about 30 or 40 minutes. Now, when did you decide to talk about that? You know, how funny was it to you in the first place? And how funny may it still be with regards to aspects of that story you've not told us? Well, it, it was, I always found it funny but it was important to me, as with all stand-up, that I translated why it was funny to the audience. What I didn't want to do was uh, you know, have loads of cheap shots and do like a uh, little immature laughter. The reason I found it funny was because everywhere I looked all the time, I would see uh, Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean's such a huge figure. I don't go a single week of my life 
without seeing his face somewhere. And it just became funnier and funnier to me that, you know, a lot of us have, you know, <laughs> had relationships that have come to an end, but we don't see our ex's new partner absolutely everywhere that we look on the side of buses, uh, people drawing caricatures of them on Leicester Square. And that was what was funny to me, not anything regarding them or their relationship. And so when doing a routine, I decided to do the routine, but the challenge was, let's not go down a cheap route with this. Let's actually get across to the audience why I think it's funny and try and steer them on that course. And I think where the routine works, and a lot of the routines in this show work, is that tightrope where it could have been so much trashier, it could have been a, a much worse routine, but you've managed to keep it uh, uh, I- I- inside the lines of what you wanted it yeah, to be yeah, yeah, yeah. and getting across what it means to you personally. Yeah, and it's only funny if it's pushing against those boundaries, isn't it? Because once it breaks through the boundaries, it's just not funny anymore. Sure. Well, well when, when, once you kind of like just say what anyone could have said, any member of the public can do cheap jokes about, you know, Mr. Bean and whatever that will actually just show you in a bad light as a comedian and the audience will just think, oh, that's a shame that he's done that kind of stuff. Um, so, like, yeah, it's actually going, no, I'm a professional comic. I've got to write a better routine than, than, than the man in the pub could. So uh, let's roll up my sleeves and do this. And you talk about mental health a lot. I mean, it's, a, you know, it's, it's all about mental health in the end, your show. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you don't say this verbatim, but this is what I took from it. And it doesn't take Sherlock uh, to, to, dis, to, to discern this. But um, you did say, basically, you, you said to us all, and it made me really think about my mental state as well. You know, in this day and age... If you don't think you have mental health problems, then you really have mental health problems. Because, <laughs> because that's how mad the world is nowadays. Sure. I, I, I think a lot of the thing what I wanted to get across in the show was just that, um, you know, these things are just very normal, everyday things. And uh, we don't need to be ashamed of them. We can all just like, deal with them. Mental health is just like physical health. We've all just got it. And it's just, it's just, you've just got it anyway. And um, it's not necessarily that you've got problems. But um, we all just need to keep on top of it. You just need to keep helping. Yeah, you do. All right, that's it. I know we're out of time. Please come back and talk to us again in the future if you want to, James. I will. All right. I yeah. absolutely would want to. And thank you so much for having me on. And, yeah, apologies for yesterday. No, don't apologise. It'll make it uncool if you apologise. <laughs> all right? Okay. Sure. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You've already heard my blowing brilliance from three top guests, but I have a dream. There's still so much more to come. Friend of the show and super chef James Martin shares his tips and tricks for your Christmas meal. The hilarious Man Mountain Tom Davis tells the tall tale of how the King Gary Christmas special came about. And Phoebe Dynavor and Jonathan Bailey get us hot under the collar with news of their scandalous and saucy, 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 sexy time. New Netflix drama Bridgerton. 
And the totally brilliant star of W1A, Jessica Hines, lifts the lid on her new Sky original film, Roald and Beatrix, coming to Sky One on Christmas Eve. I've seen it. It's gorgeous. All of that and loads of other lovely stuff still to come. So let's keep marching on. Dapper Dave, give us some welly and tell us who's next. He's the light entertainment heavyweight we all know and love. This festive season, he's in for a Christmas penny and catchphrase Christmas specialing on Christmas Eve and Boxing Day. So it's time to present a man that will television present either side of you opening your Christmas present. It's the marvellous Stephen Mulhern! Very good, very good, very good. Far too good for him, that intro. Oh, hello. Hi, Stephen. Good morning. How are you? Very well. How are you doing? I love that intro. I love all these intros. I know you do. So we've got you on Christmas Eve. Uh, We've got you for uh, a throw your sausage rolls at the telly bonfire at quarter to six on Christmas Eve. And then we've got you on Boxing Day as well at quarter past five tea time. Um, So tell us about the two shows, please, Steve. So we did, um, we did In For A Penny about a month ago. Uh, we managed to squeeze it in, uh, which was brilliant. Um, and we've got uh, games like, um, well, it's amazing, really, what people do for 100 quid. You know, we've got <laughs> things we'll get your skates on, yeah. uh, where you literally have to get around a massive, and I'm in a massive skating ring. Yeah. And everyone knows when you get on, the, on skates, when you get on those ice skates, it's, it's just funny straight away. And just to see people crawling, falling, before they even, you know, it's just, honestly, it's just funny, funny, funny. Then we've got um, Santa Who Who Who, where we've got the, a celebrity in a Santa outfit. And all you've got are 12 yes or no questions. And the Santa will obviously give his answers yes or no, can't say anything else. But the weirdest thing for me was, was that um, members of the public can't ask yes or no questions. Mm. It's the most bizarre. Things like, you know, they would go, um, what's a good example? Like, oh, I recognise your eyes. Uh, how long have you been a newsreader? <laughs> that's not how it works, is it? No, that's not allowed. <laughs> no. yeah. And then you try to explain it even more, mm. and then they go like, when did you start as an actor? And it's mm. like, no, it's all no question. Yeah. But it was brilliant. We had such a good laugh. So that's, that's in for a Christmas penny. Yeah. You know, you know you, that you are my kid's favourite TV show. You are, a, you know, you are the one-man band that is over and above League of Their Own. How do you do that? Oh, my God. How do you do it? I don't, know, I don't understand how you do it. You're amazing. Well, that's, that's a do you know what I think it is? And you know this, and we've spoken about it a hundred times. Come on. It's about just having a good, it's about having a good laugh. It's about having a good and laugh. And also, yeah. more importantly, making sure that everyone's involved. It's like the Christmas songs. You just said it there in terms of getting everybody involved. And I think, I think within for a penny, that's what it does. No matter whether you're six, 16, 96, whatever, you can have a good laugh about yeah. it. And it's, um, you know, because we, we did the... Uh, the Christmas special in Bath, and I'd never been to Bath, but I thought they'd be quite, quite snooty. I don't know why, because yeah. everyone said, oh, Bath, beautiful. Well, I'm thinking, well, in a minute, they're going to have to dunk their head in a big Irish stew trying to find a pot of gold for 50 quid. Are they going to do it? <laughs> they did. So you, you thought more snootiful than beautiful. Special. That's the thing, wasn't it? And it's, they're, they're great. But everybody, you know, the great British public, I know that's, why, that's another reason your show works. So, so you bring these really simple but really clever games, really simple but really clever games under the streets. And then people are going about their business. So you have this magic of, you know, people being surprised, people feeling special, people being made to, you know, giving the limelight of the telly to somebody else. And it's got all the things you need. I don't know what, I don't know if you could write it down as a formula, but there's something in there, isn't there? Well, I was listening to your podcast with Richard Osman, and right. I think you two together was, it was a brilliant anyway, just listening to, I didn't realise that he was involved in so many different shows on the TV, but it was just <laughs> brilliant to listen. And when you came up to him for a penny, obviously I was over the mood to hear what you were saying, but 
I think you both hit the nail on the head in terms of it will never really win an award because it's not that sort of job. As much as it frustrates me because the team deserve it. Yeah. But but it is that sort of thing where you go, if you were to sat in, if you sat in front of a commissioner and said, well, look, the idea of the show is we're going to run around the streets uh, with a kid's fishing rod with a, a steak bake on the end of it. And all you've got to do is munch the steak bake off and then you'll get yourself, you know, £40 or whatever. Or we'll pay for your, your shopping and you're going to win £8.80 and the, the, the people on the street are going to be over the moon as much as they're winning £50,000. But you get the same reaction and that's why I think the show is really special. And you both mentioned on your, on your podcast about the team and you're so right and the editors, it's so important and we've kept the same team and I think that's the beauty of the show. It's been, it's, I just feel, honestly, I cannot tell you how much yeah. I feel lucky to present the show. Yeah, you're like Lewis Hamilton driving the Mercedes, aren't you? You know, you've got the best car, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We absolutely do have the best team. Yeah. Brilliant. Catchphrase, Christmas special, 5.45 Christmas Eve. Now, this is one, you know, it's Christmas Eve. Uh, hopefully, we'll have, we'll have got ahead of the game. We'll have done our wrapping. <laughs> you know, a few cold drinks may be being enjoyed. You know, and the whole, you know, the catchphrase, cold drinks combination, that can go either way. It's like when you're in the pub with your pals. You know, yeah. after, between two and four pints, you're as funny as you're ever going to be. Before two pints, not so much. <laughs> after four pints, not at all. I, I wonder what, where it where the connectivity with catchphrases you know how how you know how much how much do you need how many cold drinks you need to get over yourself and your ego of wanting to beat everybody else at catchphrase and just get into the sort of groove of it i reckon it's probably the same it's between two and four pints or two and four you know whatever you like <laughs> well it is the weirdest thing right well because we had to do it obviously with no audience yeah and um it's funny because I spoke to all the contestants afterwards and I said, you know, how do you feel with no audience? Because I see an audience as like a bit of a safety bed mm-hmm. and I love an audience, but they were like, oh, I felt more comfortable because, you know, <laughs> they're not going to laugh at me and that sort of stuff. They were still as bad as ever. And I, look, you know me, I'm not a rude person. I don't argue. I genuinely don't. I don't like confrontation or anything like that. But it's the first time I'll say it, but I don't think Harry Redknapp, who's on the Christmas special, I don't think he's ever seen the show. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> he was just saying words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. And he would just chuck ch- the word out. And the problem was, yeah. we said to the crew, look, you can get involved with laughing and stuff if you don't mind and help us fall out. You know, let's all work together on it. Yeah. And obviously, every time one of the crew members laughed at one of his answers, he would then go, we laughed at We laughed at <laughs> And it all became a big confrontation. So, so, I was like, oh, my God. Stephen, I love you to death. Good luck with them, with the shows at Christmas. You won't need it, but it never, never har- it hurts a bit of luck. And have a lovely oh, thank you so much. Christmas for the and, family. Uh, happy Christmas to everyone that's listening. Happy Christmas to all your brilliant team. And have a lovely Christmas to you and your family. Thank you so much for having me back on. Stephen, love you're it. always welcome here. Stephen Mulhern, I love the guy. I love the bones of the man. Catchphrase Christmas special, 5.45pm Christmas Eve, ITV1. In for a Christmas penny, quarter past five, Boxing Day, ITV1. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. The title of our next guest show tells you everything you need to know. So here we go. James Martin's Christmas Day is on ITV on, you guessed it, Christmas Day. And here to tell us all about it is a dream gravy boat indeed. That's right. It's the bread saucy James Martin. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Hello, James. Hello, boss. Before we get into what we got up to, what you, what's happening at your place this morning? Uh, we've got, yeah, busy show today. Uh, yeah, we've got um, Mark Tilling, this amazing chocolatier, a good mate of mine. Um, he did the Christmas show. He's on, uh, we, we're actually filming today as well, so today and tomorrow, but... Um, 
Yeah, busy day. Um, busy day ahead of us, and busy day tomorrow. So, and then and then back in the restaurant, which is which is uh, you know each night trying to get back to the restaurant, which is um, you know at least we've got one place open, thank goodness. But um, yeah, yeah we, we're back there, and then coming back to film, and yeah, backwards and forwards. But so yeah, busy days. But we, we weren't nice quite sure. We weren't quite sure were we on the day of recording your Christmas show, uh, which you've done a few years together now. And thanks for inviting me again because I just love it. I just love being there. I love being around you and the gang. I think Good one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And also your team, man. I mean, you got a, you got an amazing telly team. I love them. Yeah, they're, they're a good bunch. I've worked with them for, for years, some of which 25 years who've, who've been with us on that journey. Yeah. And um, sort of we followed that journey all the way through and, and you know, um, turned left, turned right, um, ups and downs and everything else. Yeah. But, but that team has always been there um, and they've always sort of been there around me. And like you say, you're only as good as the team around you. Um, and that's the same whether you're in the restaurant or whether you're in the TV business. And, and um yeah, it's been a it's been a great learning curve for me over the last sort of four or five years. But it's one that's um, you know I value and a treasure, a treasure and, uh, and and working with a team like that. Uh, like you say, you know, it just makes it, the day feel special. It makes the day feel special. It makes going to uh, work a joy. But for you, of course, uh, going to work, your commute is just down <laughs> down your stairs, isn't it? Down your it, stairs, it, turn it's left. About six meters, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Um, and also yeah, to, to get just, to your uh, Saturday it, it, kitchen. It was an idea that yeah. I had really. Um, I mean, didn't realise, didn't forecast what's happening uh, now, really. But uh, I just sort of built this sort of kitchen, really, in in in, in the garage. And <laughs> and as you know, when we finished, um, that the cars get wheeled back in again, and yep. it's a garage. People don't realise that it's, it's actually a garage. I know. And then we sort of, you know, on on sort of Saturday, that will be back to be the garage again. Um, it's kind of weird. Really. You know, I mean, all the lights disappear and all the, all the bits disappear and, and then it's back to being a garage. Um, tell everybody about the genius uh, from the Ritz who appears on the telly with us on Saturday, lunchtime, Christmas Day on ITV. Well, I remember when, it was last year, I think, we had the legend uh, Claire Smith from Core in London, one of the greatest uh, chefs in the world. And, and she's right up there. She's amazing. She ran Royal Hospital, Road for Gordon Ramsay, three-star mission first for 10, 12 years. Now she's got a restaurant on her own. She's, I mean, phenomenal. She came on the show, and I remember you being in awe at sort of work, the way she worked and everything else. Well, there's another chap like that, uh, um, a guy called John Williams, and uh, who, who has run the Ritz as the head chef of the Ritz for, for years now. And um, until recently, it's just got its first Michelin star, which is quite surprising, really, for the Ritz. But the Ritz is very, very special. It's a special place in terms of you, you go there for an afternoon tea. You may go there with Gran or, you know, I remember taking my Gran the very first time when I was just a teenager, saving up and, and uh, you know, 45 quid for, for, for afternoon tea at the Ritz. Every, everything is special. It, they treat everybody special. And whether you're just having afternoon tea or whether you're a guest or whether you're eating in the restaurant, right at the end of the corridor at the Ritz is this amazing restaurant. Uh, and John's in charge of the entire lot. Um, and show you how busy he is. He's got PAs and everybody. I mean, it's a massive office. It's incredible. Uh, Sixty odd chefs uh, and some of the most amazing food you'll ever taste in your life. And 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 uh, so John came over and, he, and, and the way that he cooks is there's, there's very very few people like that. And and I think you saw it. it you, you can I'm almost weird because I, I I'm usually cooking alongside people, but the nature of what we are at the moment, I have to sit and and sort of watch, which makes it even better. But I forget to interview him. So just, <laughs> just in awe at the way that they work, and he cooks this amazing pheasant dish that I've never seen anything like it. I know, um, I know it's I know, incredible, I know, I know, absolutely I know. incredible. Now, obviously, I don't like to talk about it, but I've been plant-based since March first. And um, <laughs> Rachel brought in photos of her ham, her Nigella ham that she prepared yesterday. And you know, she doesn't realise this, but I am 
battle ready because I've been training hard to fight easy because if I can resist John Williams from the Ritz pheasant, right, yeah. which had foie gras and truffles stuffed under the skin and it was next to me, then I have no issue um, uh, resisting. By the way, it's gorgeous, gorgeous looking. Your, yeah. your, your Nigella Lawson ham in Coca-Cola over there in Buckinghamshire. And that's why... That's why I'm I'm okay with your ham because I resisted. I was so close, James. I was so I was so close to falling. I remember doing that petivier, that beetroot thing, and you you took that and the one that I made and the spare one that we had, took them all home. I remember that. Um, You ate the entire thing. Yeah, well, I could have broken down on the way. I could have been out there for days, James. (laughs) Just just in case, man. You know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a vegan dish as well, and and a lot of the puff pastry you buy in the supermarket now is, is vegan. So so I created this sort of I've got beetroot going in the bottom of the garden still. So I made this sort of salt baked little uh, well a little petivier sort of things really easy to make but with mushrooms and spinach and that kind of stuff but yeah, yeah easy for really you good, easy but, for um, you we tried to make it the weekend after it was a disaster um, but if you want to know how it's done properly <laughs> midday itv christmas day uh, well, we let's face it chris it, it, it's on at 12 o'clock so if you're looking for inspiration at christmas you're leaving it a bit late yeah i know christmas but, lunch. i know but the thing is you know you you can you can be cooking in parallel you can become paralleled you know yeah. as the chef in your own house and <laughs> And what you can do is you can you can take the pressure off yourself by getting the, the family to watch you preparing all your magic. That's a good idea. And, and then, Diversion. Yeah, and then people eat with their eyes. And by the time they, if you give them the right things to drink whilst they're watching James, <laughs> they'll be thinking, come three o'clock, they're eating what James has prepared. And hopefully they won't know the blimmin' difference. <laughs> Diversion tactics. Yeah. There you go. You've Always got it. Works. Absolutely. All right, James, you're awesome. I love you. Have Merry Christmas. Take care, Ross. Ta-da, Say pal. Bye-bye. Well, well done. Oh, he's great, isn't he? What a lovely person. What a lovely human being. I'm so hungry. <laughs> Are you hungry yet, though? No, no, not, not hungry. No. no, not hungry. Hungry. Yeah, hungry and angry. Yeah. No, not yet. Not hungry. Not yet. Not yet. Still time. <laughs> the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's a man mountain of mirth that's taking charge of the Christmas funnies this year. The King Gary Christmas special is on BBC One next Wednesday. And here to tell us all about it is the self-appointed Santa of Butterchurn Crescent. He's a proper geezer. It's Tom Davis. All right, Tommy. Yeah, sorry, Chris. How you doing, mate? Very well, David Williams on the show with us this morning. Lovely to speak to you. We've worked together. He's such a funny man, Tom. Absolutely adore him. He's he's a funny man and he's a a nice man. Um, I know. I wish I could be more like him. Tom, I said... (laughs) Join the club. David, Uh, you're lovely. I love you, David. Oh, right. Okay, that's good. Well, good for David. Right, King Gary, Christmas special, 10pm, BBC One, Christmas Eve Eve, my favourite day of the year, Christmas Eve Eve, because it's still all to come. Wednesday, the 23rd of December. Uh, uh, Tom, I watched it last night. Looked like the most fun in the world. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun to make. Very, like, crazy to make. And I think we made it, like, I think two days before lockdown two came, which sounds like a film now. But um, it's uh, yeah, it was it was it was a lot of it was a it was a lot of fun. It was it's just I mean, probably like David would say, it's, you know, when you when you're not able to film and not able to work in the craft that we're doing, to actually get that chance to put something on screen is it was yeah, I felt very blessed. Yeah, it's you know, funny old year, Tom, funny old year, and <laughs> no, but it is. It has, I love that phrase. I, did, I was never a fan of that funny old game, you know, funny old fish, uh, funny old bloke. Uh, but funny old year is sort of perfect, isn't it, for this year? I mean, it's been an absolute nut, nutty year, isn't it? I mean, it like genuinely, I, I, I think it's been the craziest year of, of my life, and it's hard to sum up, isn't it? Because yeah. it, it keeps getting more and more crazy. I keep thinking it's like one of those sort of 
big blockbusters, there's probably one more twist to come. But I dread to think what that will be. Right, now you're sort of the opposite of uh, David Williams here, because Dave's got loads to talk about, and um, it's happy to talk about them. So normally I do say to people, don't I, on the show, is there anything you can't tell us about, but you might tell us a bit about? I've got here, Tom has eight projects coming out, but he can't talk about any of them. I mean, that is the opposite of David. <laughs> I, don't know about eight. I don't know who's told you eight. Uh, I'm not that prolific. I've got, I've, we've, we've got King Gary 2's coming out. Yep. We, we filmed that beginning of next year. And then we, we do a show that I'm very, very excited about, which I can't say much, which we were meant to film this year. But uh, uh, we film with, uh, it's me, I've got together with the guys from People Just Do Nothing and we're making a show, but I can't really say much about what it entails and what it is. Why is that? Why can't you say it? By the way, it doesn't matter. I just, I'm just intrigued as to why not. I've been told I can't, Chris. Uh, right. You know what? Usually I'd love to drop it, but yeah, I can't. Yeah. I've been no. told of twice. I did one of those Instagram lives with Daisy Cooper and I talked about it there a bit with me and Daisy talking and we were joking about it. And then one of these... Uh, sort of, uh, I won't even know, the, one of these web, comedy websites got hold of the information and then you know, I got in trouble for talking about it. I'm a big mouth, it's very hard for me not to sort of drop this sort of information. Well, I like a natter and I like a gossip. Well, it's a brave person who tells you off, uh, the Man Mountain. <laughs> See, now, of course, Dave, you know, in, in After Ever After, uh, Jack and the Beanstalk on Sky, you know, you play the giant, but you could, Tom could have been the actual giant. He? Yes, well, he could have been. Yeah, he is. It's rare that I feel short. And uh, having worked with Tom, I actually was like, oh, I'm actually not as tall as I thought I was. As my mum told me I was. <laughs> no, but he's he's such a talent. And uh, King Gary is one of my favourite comedy shows of recent years. So I can't wait for Christmas special. King uh, King oh, Gary. You. No, it is awesome. And, you know, it opens. And you, you are rallying uh, the, the, the neighbourly troops, aren't you, for, for, on a, you yeah. know, via a megaphone atop a car. Almost like you you're you're sort of campaigning for election yeah yeah it was we were trying to go with that angle i mean it was i'm obsessed with these streets where people uh like it looks like christmas has been sick on them i'm obsessed with them (laughs) like i I can't get enough of them and a couple of years ago i was out in italy and i met a fella who he had he he was obsessed with being having the biggest christmas light display in in europe Uh, he said it would just be mad to try and compete with america but he wanted uh, as, as light display people could see yeah. from space so I've sort of uh, I've taken that and, and that's what Gary's intention is for uh, for Bracho and Crescent yeah it was there for the taking and it had to be done didn't it Tom it's, it's absolutely yeah. brilliant uh, but I love oh, that expression the, these streets that, that look like Christmas has been sick on them I- <laughs> <laughs> what a phrase um, and again you have a happy ship don't you you're a happy gang it's an important it's a really like, the, the cast the crew I mean the cast like probably David the crew you sort of end up sort of working with a lot of the same people and we've been together for sort of since since my first ever sort of Channel 4 Black really so you know and there's a few people actually worked on my show and then crossed over to David's show sort of um so we were lucky to get them. David got all the good people for who work in comedy. So we had to try and do it in a week where, where we could get them. Um, but yeah, it was, um, yeah, it's, it's a really fun, sh- fun show to make. You know, it's, it's indicative of the uh, of what you see on screen. It's just a yeah, bunch of sort of idiots having a bit of a laugh, which I think comedy should be. And I think in, in King Gary and I think in David's show, it's, it's really important to have, after the year, we've all had that escapism. So yeah. you can just switch off from, from yeah. you know, what we've all been talking about. Well, I, I, you know, I, I know blokes like you or like King Gary as it were and I suspect like you Tom as well because um, well, do you know the saddest thing Chris Go on. since lockdown I've become more like King Gary of course you have I've had, I've had massive like because I've been at home more so yeah. I've had massive like rows about skips and about all other sort of stuff which I never thought I would yeah, and but- you know there's a time when my wife looked at me and went you, you've become the thing that you sort of mm. you know you created and now I'm 
sort of having tissy fits about, yeah, all sorts of things. Yeah, but I was thinking more about these these guys um, who create their own world, you know, and, and, you know, literally they are the king of the castle. We talked about this last time you were on, and I'm so admirable yeah. and all envious. I mean, I'm trying to do it more nowadays. When you go in your own front door and you close it behind, you go, this is my world and there's no place I'd rather be. Yeah, yeah, no, it's an important thing. I think it's, and Series 2 is sort of pushing that more. We're trying to make it more Game of Thrones, but on a, on a suburban <laughs> present. All right. Um, i got to tell you, I, I, I thought, I think the Christmas special has a little touch of Only Fills and Horses about it from Heart, as far as Heart is concerned, which I'm sure you'll be oh, pleased well, to hear. You. Um, yeah. That, you know, every time you... Well, Gary, I'll say you, you and Ramesh, but uh, your character and Ramesh's character, you know, whenever they meet and they have a little eye to eye and I just think, hmm, you know, there's a, re- there's, a re- there's a real depth to those exchanges. I love it. Oh, thank you, Chris. That's very kind of you, man. I mean, that is just me and Ramesh. I think I make... I, I really annoy Ramesh in, in every city and I think, sadly, during <laughs> lockdown, we for me, it's really happy to come closer, but... Yeah, I think I've become a sort of stone constantly in his shoe. I think you're fine. Uh, I text him like three or four times a day, and yeah, he's, he's ignoring me at the moment. Right. Okay. Well, that's, I'm sorry about that. Um, but you pr- <laughs> you, I think there are people you can call. All uh, right. So thank you, thank you very much, Tom. <laughs> Right, King I'll Gary. I'll your number, Chris, and start texting you. <laughs> All right, good luck. I haven't got a phone. All right, King Gary Christmas special, 10 p.m. BBC One, Wednesday, 23rd December. Happy Christmas! Thank you. Happy Christmas. Merry Happy Christmas, Christmas time. Merry Christmas. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. If you love a bit of tabloid tittle-tattle, then it's time to go right back to where it all started. The saucy new series Bridgerton drops on Netflix via SkyQ this Christmas Day. And here to get us up to date with all the latest juicy 19th century gossip are its stars, the brilliant Phoebe Dinever and Jonathan Bailey. Good morning, Phoebe. Good morning, Jonathan. Good morning. Right. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. This is going to be awkward, isn't it? Because uh, this is uh, they're awkward anyway, these chats, but with two of you in separate places. So uh, let's go with... Phoebe, first of all. Uh, Phoebe, um, tell us uh, which character you play. I know we've all seen it, by the way. Congratulations. It's awesome. People are loving it, um, even though it's not out yet, oh. but we've all seen it. So, Phoebe, tell us about your character and tell us about your part of the plot of this new epic. So, it's centred around the Bridgerton family, who were like this very wealthy family within Regency England, high society. Um, and I play the eldest daughter. Um, and when we meet her in episode one, she's sort of about to make her debut onto the, the marriage mark. This is sort of a time that, you know, these, these young girls have waited for their whole lives, where they're about to be paraded in front of the queen and, and hopefully find a husband is, is the goal. Um, so, yeah, we sort of follow her journey as she sort of navigates that, that world and, and hopefully uh, finds a match. And so this is like an aristocratic catwalk of um, a commercial catwalk of, of potential, uh, I don't know, uh, looking for partnerdom, basically. That's what that is. Yes, yes. Right. Basically. <laughs> right now, before we get into Jono, and uh, he plays your older brother, of course, the protective older brother. Um, t- you, you filmed this near where I used to live uh, for a while. Were you in the Windsor Park scenes? Windsor Great Park scenes? Yeah. Johnny, could you ask? Yeah, I, I definitely was. I remember it very well. It was a very early morning. It's stunning, that, isn't it? It's stunning, we but because um... we used to walk up, we well, we did, we still do. We walk our do- we walked our dog along the bit of grass that you turned into this sort of this sort of um, Regency Drive, and there were all these gorgeous sort of period lampposts that were there one day and gone the next. It was. Uh, in- you, might, yeah. you might have seen my um, my bottom rustling against the trees. <laughs> that was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first day for me, actually. Well, you've got to be uh, careful. My stress because that's where the herds of royal deer are, and there's lots of rutting going on anyway, and you don't want to mess well, with one of those big bad boys, my friend. Not, not a right pincushion. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, now, listen, the, the, the team here, they're, they're, they're loving this show for many, many reasons. J- Jono, um, you, are, you are a sort of action hero. Uh, we can't talk too much about what kind of action on the breakfast show here, family programme. Of course. But you're very much an action hero. That goes on there. Um, but this is also about the birth of the gossip columns. Can, can you give us a little insight into that, please, Jonathan? Basically, the context of this is that there's this anonymous scribbler called Lady Whistledown, which, and these gossip columns were true to the, uh, to the period, and uh, she is constantly commenting on the actions and the behaviours of all these uh, aristocrats, um, which creates a lot of paranoia and um, massive obstacles in their sort of ability to sustain their social status. So, in a way, you know, looking at this period through a 2020 lens, it's sort of lends itself to studying sort of what Twitter and Instagram and, and the idea of cancel culture. It seems to explore that, which I think is, is super interesting. Yeah, so because it did exist and it just took a while longer, didn't it? It was more sophisticated, but it did exist, well, definitely. Well, it's, it's that unfortunate thing, isn't it? I think basic, you know, it's a basic human instinct to just really want to nose in on other people and to, you know, if, if, if you need to try and hire yourself within social ranks to, to slay down other people as you go. So it's a very sort of heart and um, light but frothy, uh, twisted sort of sensibility. And it's obviously Dame Julie Andrews is, uh, is voicing Lady Whistledown. So, yeah, you can expect a lot of uh, winks and tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I know that. and there's loads of it going. Lots of che- various cheeks, by the way. Um, not just the yeah, ones... and lots of chops. Not just the ones <laughs> under your chops. Um, so, Phoebe, I remember when you were filming this, because it was, it was the gorgeous summer of 2020. It was the lockdown gorgeous yeah. summer of 2020, wasn't it? Um, so, so there's dressing up as an actress, and then there's this kind of dressing up. How dressy did the dressing up get? It was pretty dressy. I remember myself dressing, <laughs> and it was... I mean, mega. They sort of created a whole factory full of full of amazing outfit costumes and people creating all these costumes just for the show. So, I think I had 104 dresses. Whoa! Is the number, <laughs> um, which was a bit mega and sort of you know a little bit of a dream um, for me anyway, my younger self. Uh, yeah, there were there were a lot of dresses, and we, you know, we had an amazing corset designer who sort of Mr. the legendary Mr. Pearl who made all our corsets. Um, yeah, it was it was quite wild, and and you know, seeing that scale, the costumes yeah. from that scale, you just sort of knew that this, you know, it was not going to be your average um, your average period drama. Now, before you both go, and we've got to wrap this up now, but if I were to marry a man. And were he available, I would marry Ben Miller. Uh, would I have both your blessings for that? Oh, absolutely. I would like not to be in enough scenes with Ben Miller. I'm such a big fan of his. You're, yeah, you have my have absolute your, approval. Do I have your permission? He's okay. very naughty. Yeah, he's very naughty. He's very naughty. He's got twinkle <laughs> in his eye. And also, did you hear last week that his, gar- his gardener, right, mowed through his broadband? Did you hear that? No. Well, that's, that's breaking news on the show. You two have been amazing. Thank you both, guys. Happy Christmas to both Thank of you. Chris. Well Happy done. Christmas. Great interview. Lovely. Bridgerton, available on Netflix via SkyQ on Christmas Day. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
If you're Potty for Potter or Dotty for Dahl, then our next guest is for you. She stars in the brilliant Sky original movie Roald and Beatrix, The Tale of the Curious Mouse, on Sky One this Christmas Eve. So please welcome the W1A plus star of 2012 that always delivers the goods. It's the brilliant, no, like totally brilliant, Jessica Hines! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jessica. Wow. I know. Wow, what an intro. He's good, isn't he? He's very, very good. That's our Gosh, day. Um, no pressure. And by the way, congratulations <laughs> with this show of yours, which we all watched over the weekend because we got this sort of encoded link, Roald and Beatrix. It's going to be on Sky One on Christmas Eve. Congratulations. It is fantastic. Oh, thanks, guys. Seriously. Um, tell us about your Norwegian accent for a start. Actually, no. Let's let's explain what the show's about. It's this. Okay. The, it's based on a true story, um, and and I love at the beginning it says some of the things happened. Some of the things in this in this this film did happen, and lots of them didn't. Over to you, Jessica. <laughs> I think it's based on a true story that Abby, the writer, unearthed, uh, where legend has it that Rolls went to Beatrix Potter's house Roald as Dahl. a small Roald boy. Roll doll. Roll doll. Yeah went to Beatrix Potter's house um, to visit as a small boy um, sometime after he had particularly uh, sad time when his father and his sister died um, very close together, which is a true story um, as well. Um, and it's based on that. And I think Abby drew a parallel between the two writers. She saw something in both of them that, that um, was was alike in their in their kind of tone and integrity, I suppose. And um, she just came up with this fantastic story, which is lovely and sweet and gentle, with lots of, with animated mouse mice. So you know <laughs> what's not to like? It's fantastic. Did you just say? Com- yeah. Did you just say comparallel? I'm not sure. I think you might have just know. invented. I can't a, remember. I think you just invented a new word, and it's a brilliant word because you have parallels, you have <laughs> comparisons. So why wouldn't you have a comparallel? You're a genius, Jessica. Comparallel. I don't know You're whether I said comparallel. It's possible. Well, I think <laughs> comparallel is a word we should all adopt immediately. <laughs> And if for nothing else, this interview has been more than worthwhile. Um, but it is great. So, so obviously, I'm presuming you got to go to the Lake District, did you? No, we filmed in Cardiff, oh, did you? which was as good, if not better. Right. No, um, no offence to the Lake so District. So we filmed. We love the Lake District, yep. but um, uh, we filmed in Cardiff. There's there's a lot of film studios there, um, and there's a lot of fantastic crews and locations. Um, and studios, so it was the perfect place, um, and it was lovely to be in in that part of the world uh, for a month yeah. filming. It's a quarter past eight, everyone. It's on Christmas Eve, and I know a lot of people who listen to the show now have Sky uh, because of our partnership with them, and a lot of people had Sky anyway, and people are thinking about it. But seriously, Roald and Beatrix, if you do have Sky, the tale of the curious mouse, Sky on Christmas Eve, quarter past eight. It is so gorgeous, um, and the, the the version we were sent yes uh, over the weekend to watch. I'm presuming you watched it. You watched it. Rachel Ambassadors watched it as well. It wasn't quite finished, and that's really exciting. There were little bits of gaps in it because the final post production bits hadn't been added on, and that was the, that was even juicier from our point of view. I haven't seen it. I've only seen bits of it when I did um, ADR, so I haven't seen the whole thing. And I'm really excited. Now, you play Roald's mum. Now we can talk about your Norwegian accent. Um, so okay. it's, it's a Norwegian-English um, accent. Where the heck did you come... Because it, it sounds perfect to me, but I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just, I'm just believing you. Neither do I, Chris. I just... <laughs> I, 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 when we did the through, yes. Sean said to me, 
how did you manage to do a Cardiff Norwegian accent? I said, okay, I am not, that's not what I'm going for. Yeah. <laughs> that was unintentional. Um, I, I thought she should probably be Norwegian. So I had a go when I auditioned <clears throat> and they liked it. And then I did have help from a fantastic, when we actually began to film, I, I got in touch with a great um, a voice coach called Magella Hurley, who um, had a Zoom session with, and she gave me some good pointers and people to listen to. Right. So I listened to Liv Ullman, who, if you don't know who she is, she um, was the wife of um, a great uh, filmmaker called um, Ingmar Bergman. Of course. Who made a lot of arty um, <clears throat> Swedish films, although she wasn't Swedish, she was Norwegian. So I listened to a lot of interviews of Liv Ullman talking about her life with Ingmar and filmmaking with him, which was interesting in itself. But I also um, just really listened quite carefully to her beautiful uh, Norwegian accent. Roald and Beatrix, The Tale of the Curious Mouse, Sky One. We all watched it over the weekend. It is brilliant. It stars Jessica Hines playing Roald's mother and Alison Stebman, Cafe owner and Bill Bailey and Dawn French and Nick Mohammed and Nina Sosanya and also Rob Bryden. What a cast. What a cool show. Christmas Eve, quarter past eight, Roald and Beatrix, Sky One. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. 